In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Please be seated. Scripture can so often sound remote. So much of what we read in Scripture sounds like, and in fact comes from, a long, long time ago. We're a long way today from the people of Israel wandering in Egypt. We don't seem to have many religious leaders like Moses who communicate directly with God. Though, uh, while we don't have many, I was about a foot from our presiding bishop, Michael Curry, yesterday as he preached. And um, I think he might talk with God on a daily basis. He has that energy and aura about him that uh, very few people seem to. When we look at today's gospel, again, they're quaint stories, but who of us ever lost a sheep? (laughs) or as many gospel versions still say, or misplaced a drachma, one of the silver coins. If I lost a drachma, I'm not sure I'd really care. And yet, these readings are all about things lost and found. And not so much about things, but about people who are lost and then found. And that's something most of us have some experience with. Especially in our culture, people get lost. Someone leaves their town or or city of origin, they go to school, they come to a new city, maybe this city, and quickly fall into a pattern of non-stop work and striving. Sometimes such a person gets lost in her work. Or 5, 10, or 20, or longer years later, a furlough hits, or a reorganization, and she loses her job. But it's not the job that becomes lost. It's the woman who has invested so much of herself in that identity and that career. It's, it's she who feels lost all of a sudden. The news this week explained that Of the 2,753 confirmed victims of the attack on the World Trade Center in 2001, only 60% of those have really been identified. Another way of putting it is that 40% of those folks are, are lost to their loved ones, but even lost in another sense. And yet the DNA testing continues in the medical examiner's office, continues its painstaking work of looking and finding, of recovering those precious ones who may have been lost. Too often, as we all live longer, Alzheimer's or dementia can take a person away from us, it seems, to take them to some faraway place, Disease or drugs or addictions can make a person lost from family, but also lost to himself or herself. And then there's that euphemism we hear and sometimes use for death itself. We have lost someone, lost a grandmother, lost a spouse. 
But so often it's not the one who has died who's lost. It's the one who's living who's lost. Who's lost for a time. It's us. It's you and me. It's the surviving who so often feel like we're the ones who are lost. Well, however the loss happens, whenever we feel it or or know someone who's overtaken by it, the question can also arise, where is God? Have we lost God too? Where is God when someone can't find their way out of an addiction? Where is God when someone's mind no longer allows her to recognize her family? Where is God when people die senseless deaths? Well, our scriptures today give us an answer. They tell us. They tell us where God is. God is there. God is here. God is wherever God needs to be. Seeking the lost. Doing whatever it takes. Changing divine plans if necessary. Changing the course of history if it takes that. Just to save and find the one who is lost. In our first lesson from Exodus, it's the people of Israel who are lost. They feel afraid and cut off from God. They feel so lost that they begin to substitute other things for God, stuff of silver and gold and of their own making. They, they begin to worship pretty things, expensive things. And finally, Moses returns and he gradually helps them to find their way again. Then God actually changes God's mind. God changes what God had intended to do. God changes plans and changes the course of history. So don't let anyone ever tell you prayer doesn't matter. God changes things just so that God's children can find God yet again, can find the way of love again. In that second reading, we hear the Apostle Paul explaining to Timothy how he, Paul himself, was lost, utterly lost. He didn't know it at the time, but he was. He was lost until Christ came for him. Paul hunted down Christians. He persecuted them. He'd done all he could to undermine the way of Jesus and his followers. But in what Paul describes as God's utmost patience... God finds Paul, and God helps Paul find himself. In the gospel, we yet again see a God who goes to desperate means for us. God will do whatever it takes to find someone and to bring that person home. Jesus tells the familiar story of a shepherd who has 99 sheep and one wanders off and can't be found. So the shepherd leaves the 99 and goes to pursue the one. And then there's that lost coin where a similar thing happens. And so the the woman turns her house upside down looking for the one lost coin. The point in these stories being that God goes out of God's way to find what is lost, to reclaim what is lost, to recover and restore anything and anyone who is lost. God reaches out for us. God looks for us. God never stops calling our name. I learned that in an important way uh, right after I was first ordained and uh, was asked to lead a very simple service at a retirement home once a month. 
And so I would go to this nursing home with very low expectations because I didn't know if there might be four people or 40. Uh, You just had no idea. And they might be people who were able to sing and engage and, and understood who I was and why I was there. Or there might be a handful of people who were just in their own world. So one never knew. Well, on this particular Sunday early in my time of going, there were about 10 people that day, as I recall. And five or so were the regulars. They were the people who had their favorite hymns and wanted us to sing certain things and would help us sing. And one that could even play the piano and would accompany us. But then there were four or five other folks who really were just wheeled in and and sat there. And uh, I would go around to, to meet them before the service, and there was nothing. No engagement, no recognition, just no interaction at all. And so those folks remained a part of the service, but as far as we could tell, they really weren't there. And so we went through the service, we sang our hymn, I babbled on about scripture in some way or another. And then at one point we began to say Psalm 23. We had a version of Psalm 23 laminated, really big font, so we all could see it. And, and we, had, we had shared those in the room so everybody could say it together. And so there we were doing Psalm 23, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want... And all of a sudden, I noticed that two of those people who were really lost to us, they were moving their lips. They knew Psalm 23. Psalm 23 brought them back to us. They were there for just a little bit, just a little window. It taught me then and there, never underestimate. Never be surprised when God finds us wherever we may be, no matter how far away it may seem. Psalm 23 does that for each of us. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. God leads us into green pastures, not like we're cows or sheep, but the green pastures are a symbol for whatever is a place of rest and refuge for each one of us, a place of nurture and and sustenance. God leads us beside still waters, stilling the rapids of life, slowing us down and collecting us in a new place. God restores our soul God walks with us, even in the valley of the shadow of death. And so we have nothing to fear, because God has already been there, and God is there again. God is with us. And even as we recall this week, the anniversary of 9-11, God is with those who die too quickly, whose lives are taken. God calls each one of us. God loves each one of us. God welcomes each one of us by name. No one is lost. In Psalm 23, we're reminded that God leads us all into a place where there's already an enormous feast. A feast so big that it includes not only everyone we've ever loved, but even our enemies transformed into friends. There in the full presence of God, in the fullness of God's love, God anoints us and again calls us by our true name. No one and nothing stays lost from God. God seeks and searches and calls out by our true name, calls us into love, into laughter, into life everlasting. 
Whether we are the lost, who God is finding even now, or whether we're among those who try to fling open the doors so that those can return again, may all of us be moved by the Holy Spirit to find others and to move more closely into God's love and everlasting laughter. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.